This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to the second edition of the Angaza Awards. This is the Angaza Awards podcast hosted by the Kenyan Wall Street. And my name is Ali Mwakaneno, your host. So today I am sitting with Luke Ombara, who is the Director of Policy and Market Development at the Capital Markets Authority in Kenya. And he also happens to be one of the judges of the second edition of the Angaza Awards. And we would like to know more regarding why the Angaza Awards is important first. Where are we in terms of gender representation in Kenya and Africa, in the banking sector, insurance sector, and finally the capital markets? Maybe here, what are some of the things he is looking forward to as a judge from the participants in this Pan-African edition of the Angaza Awards? If you followed last year's Angaza Awards, this is definitely bigger and better. So we're going regional this time. So we'll have participants from all 54 countries in Africa. Welcome to the show, Luke. Thank you very much, Ali. My pleasure. Just to start with um, where we are, what is the status of gender representation in Kenya and Africa at the banking sector level, insurance sector level, and maybe finally the capital markets look? Okay, we've seen really uh, meaningful growth, or I would say development in uh, gender representation in uh, Kenya and Africa at large in the financial uh, sector. But starting with the banking sector, we've seen use of banking services grow with uh, 14.8% use of uh, this sector by women in 2006. And that has grown tremendously to 33.7% as at 2019. Uh, Even better in insurance, we've seen uh, women use insurance uh, services. That's basically trying to Uh, deal with uh, mitigation against uh, various sorts of risks. And as at 2006, it was a very small coverage, 3.6%. But you wouldn't believe it, by 2019, that had grown almost uh, sevenfold uh, to uh, 25.4%. That is according to data from FinAccess study that's normally taken by Central Bank uh, together with its uh, development partners and peers like uh, CNA, IRA, and uh, RBA. But now moving to the capital markets, uh, very, very interesting uh, figures that we have because we have nearly 500 or over 550,000 women investing in the uh, stock markets in various uh, listed uh, entities. And uh, they're investing nearly 4 billion shares in total. Uh, Interesting figures, Uh, nearly 4 billion shares. So in terms of uh, uh, percentage, in terms of uh, numbers, uh, investing on the Nairobi Securities Exchange, that's uh, 32% uh, compared to uh, men at uh, 68%. That is within Kenya. But now when you look at uh, performance in terms of uh, women representation, I think the most uh, apparent figures are uh, with regard to representation in the board. And again, around that period, uh, that's uh, around uh, 2018, 2019, 
we had 13% board representation in various entities uh, in Africa. Of course, that's not a very uh, high figure, but it is worth of note that uh, South America, the representation is at 8%, uh, Asia, 9%. So 13% really a bit surprising, uh, but in a good way. Uh, compared to like North America, 20% women in boards, uh, 26% in Australia and Europe. So uh, that is the good figure uh, compared to the other continents. But you can see we really still have a long way to go. But just in Kenya, according to a leadership and uh, diversity survey in uh, 2017, carried out by Kenya Institute of uh, Management, there was... Uh, a marked increase in uh, representation in boards in Kenya. Uh, that's 14% in 2012, and that had risen to 21% as at uh, 2017. There are also other instances where we've seen a lot of participation by women. Maybe one that I'll really pick out is uh, Emma Kiba, the savings bond that was uh, issued in the form of fintech, where again we had uh, 36 0.86 of uh, participants in uh, actually subscribing to that government bond were women. So there's a lot uh, more that still needs uh, to be done, but that is the status as is uh, presently. Thanks. I specifically appreciate you talking about how we compare with other regions in the world, and that's something that I would love to pick up as the conversation goes. What do you think is your role as the Director of Policy and Market Development in terms of raising awareness around uh, gender diversity from the consumer point of view in terms of improving the number of women who access banking, insurance and capital market products, as well as from the leadership point of view in terms of making sure that we have more women represented in boards of companies listed on the NSE? Okay, mine really would be uh, from a policy point of view and uh, noting from uh, evidence uh, performance uh, that we've seen uh, across uh, the world where uh, they are led uh, by women, whether in uh, positions of uh, top leadership at CEO level, uh, where we have them at uh, senior management level. Uh, mine would really be trying to push uh, for policy uh, in terms of uh, formulation itself and even advocacy uh, to focus on uh, diversity. And uh, I've specifically been able to do that uh, through contribution to the corporate governance code uh, issued by CMA uh, for listed companies and issuers of uh, securities to the public by emphasizing on uh, diversity and female uh, representation in listed companies and in uh, capital market intermediaries. Of course, uh, when we talk about the corporate governance code, it isn't quite specific on uh, gender or specifically on female, but it talks about diversity out of which uh, gender is uh, a major, major uh, component. But on a personal basis, mine is really as a leader uh, to be able to uh, 
mentor and coach and I've been able to do that uh, personally not just within uh, the authority for staff but even those that I believe have uh, potential and I'm talking about uh, women um, I also have been uh, driven by the fact that uh, in my career path uh, I was actually mentored by a woman who was uh, the CEO so it's just emulating what i was able to see in terms of uh, what uh, women can be able to to achieve it's very difficult to be able to really uh, embed this in law and um, i can see a lot of it would be more around uh, advocacy and probably that may inform the reason why some other jurisdictions are, are better that the continents that i talked about like north america and uh, Australia uh, we, we we are yet to determine whether perhaps that as a result of them embedding the same in the law in which case then we would uh, be considering from a policy perspective whether we are we, we we should consider that going forward I don't know whether you'd agree with this or not but then I'd like to look at uh gender representation as a confluence of both organizational best practices advocacy as you say and uh, maybe um a more conducive regulation but then away from the regulation on top of your head what do you think it will take to have more women in um, in the financial services sectors including the capital markets globally because this is a gap that we have in Africa in North America and in Australia and in Europe amongst other regions as you earlier mentioned but then on top of your head what do you think it will take to move us forward as a world to just having more women what kind of advocacy would you like to see Okay we've seen uh, 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 examples like uh, the global campaign you're aware Kenya is uh, a member of the UN global uh, compact and the UN sustainable stock exchanges initiative uh, for example and we've seen in uh, February 2021 the Nairobi Securities Exchange join the 30% club there's a global campaign to take action to increase uh, gender diversity in boards and senior management so i'm thinking that uh, we should be uh, creating more platforms uh, where we are going to get uh, mentors ladies of uh, or women who have really uh, achieved it at the highest level conducting mentorship uh, programs uh, undertaking coaching programs and i think we actually have had such platforms emerging uh recently uh you are you you're aware of the women in banking and finance you know the very very successful women on board network so basically it's just to get into platforms or mechanisms which could uh, be able to play a significant role in uh, promoting women inclusion women empowerment gender mainstreaming and uh, investing through uh, what you i would call a gender lens uh, phenomenon or concept narrowing down the conversation to to the angaza awards as you were what we're doing here at the angaza awards is to give top women in the financial services sector in africa a platform where their achievements can be more visible as well as give them a platform where they can connect with other great female minds in Africa and the world 
What is your intrinsic motivation for participating as a judge in these awards? Well, uh, generally, as I've indicated, I've been able to see firsthand uh, and I've been able to read quite uh, a bit on what uh, achievement uh, women have been able to make given position of responsibility, whether it's uh, political, social, uh, corporate uh, social responsibility and the like. But even within my organization and the task forces and committees uh, where I have uh, chaired, I've really been able to see what women have been able to, to do measure just as well, if not better, than what I have uh, also experienced when uh, having such engagements uh, with uh, my fellow men. I've seen instances where the manifestation of performance uh, by women seem to me to be more measurable and more outcome uh, focused in however big or small uh, the type of initiatives that uh, they've been engaged in because when it talks when we're talking about uh, performance sometimes you really would want to see that quantified and uh, in my experience I've been very excited uh, within the CMA and even within the entire industry when I witness the way women are uh, manifesting their performance, whether it's in the form of cost reduction, that's financial performance, whether it's in the form of uh, revenue expansion, uh, be it in the form of uh, reducing the risk index in instances where they're working uh, as actuaries or uh, just as uh, risk managers. So that is really what has uh, driven me. And then generally, I uh, am aligned to the vision that uh, with uh, more empowered women, uh, we globally and even domestically, we would be able to achieve uh, the levels of uh, economic growth that would require us to move to the next level, uh, which I think most of us, particularly in the developed countries, are uh, seeking or aspiring to reach. That is of... Uh, a middle-income uh, economy. So there's a lot, particularly when it comes to execution. I think there have been a lot of debate in the past around uh, men being more uh, adept in conceptualization, but actual uh, performance and execution of agreed initiatives we've seen uh, women excel in the same. So when I was called in to come, I felt I would be able to play my role. Very interesting that in that first event, I was the only man there, but I, I felt really I was playing my role globally in terms of if we're able to get the numbers that I talked about uh, double, then we would be basically just experiencing uh, global uh, growth at a higher rate. It's the second time you're being a judge at Angaza Awards, right? Yes. How was your experience in the first one? And uh, maybe what are some of the things you look forward in this Pan-African edition, especially from the participants? Okay, uh, I think uh, as I've indicated, the outcome focus, because really what we were trying to look at is in terms of uh, how many, uh, for example, if you're looking at each of the applicant, uh, what was the kind of... Uh, assets or the kind of turnovers that they were dealing with with their respective in their respective uh, entities what was the manpower 
or women power, <laughs> the number of people that they were actually uh, guiding. And uh, it, it really surprised me pleasantly that you find uh, some of the women applicants were actually in charge of uh, hundreds, if not thousands of uh, employees across branches, across regions. Uh, if you are looking at, uh, in terms of the way uh, they were reflecting uh, performance uh, in terms of, uh, as I said, uh, how much they were able to reduce uh, costs. Because, you know, in business, you're either maximizing profit by increasing revenues or uh, minimizing costs. So someone uses a cost reduction approach in terms of how they were able to achieve or if there was uh, a loss to what extent they were able to reduce uh, that loss. If, uh, for example, in an instance where someone was uh, a risk manager or in charge of uh, risk management, to what extent they were able to reduce the overall uh, composite uh, risk. Uh, so that, that's really what stood out because in most cases, it's just about how many employees uh, that are under your leadership or how many years of experience that you have. And really one of the most interesting ones was really how much of that performance was achieved at a very young age, relatively, and over just a very short stint of time. Uh, very, very interesting how they were able to reflect uh, areas in which uh, they have been involved in uh, ESG or sustainability uh, issues that uh, environment, social and governance uh, principles. So looking ahead to the next one, what I would find quite interesting and I'm looking forward to is the fact that there's going to be a lot of competition uh, because now we are uh, going to span the continent. We were limited to the East African uh, region, but of course we have uh, quite uh, a number of heavyweights uh, in South Africa, or let me say Southern Africa. We are looking to West Africa, North Africa, or the Middle Africa as a whole. So I anticipate uh, significant competition, a lot of innovation in the way that they're going to reflect uh, their performance and how they're influencing uh, the financial uh, services as a whole. So that's really what I find is going to be very exciting. Uh, we don't know whether the, the best in East Africa might end up the overall best in Africa or might uh, trail others. So uh, I'm seeing significant uh, competition. I'm uh, anticipating much more in terms of uh, entries having uh, witnessed uh, the profile that came along with the, the awards that were won by the winners in the previous event. This is all I had for this interview. To our listeners, that was Luke Ombara, who is the Director of Policy and Marketing Development at the CMA and also a second-time judge at the Angaza Awards. In case you are a woman out there, you're a mover in the finance service sector, you should definitely apply for the Angaza Awards. 
we already started receiving entries for the second edition and entries have been running since the 1st of August 2021 and will close on the 30th October of this year. See you there. Look, thank you so much for sharing your input for this year's Angaza Awards and uh, I look forward to seeing you at the event. Thank you very much, Ali. I'm uh, excited. I also look forward and I would wish to invite the women. Uh, please show us what you're worth. We have a lot of confidence in you and we are hoping to see uh, what you have to offer. And take it that your empowerment will actually translate to empowerment of uh, the entire citizenry uh, going forward. So it's a good cause. Please take up the offer. <laughs>